We had a couple of questions come in on uh, the SMS line. Thank you for those who send uh, questions in. Um, I'll read out the first one. Uh, what stops us loving Christ, and how does the gospel address these issues? Uh, it's a good question. The um, one level, I suppose, I was trying to answer that uh, in some ways in the sermon, quite simply, saying that sin stops us uh, from loving others as we ought to. Uh, and in the gospel, we uh, we are loved, and uh, I think we're released from uh, from sin and the power of sin. And uh, by the power of the Spirit, we're actually transformed uh, to be able to love others in new ways. Um, I think that's the very sort of uh, surface level kind of answer I'd like to give. But I think um, perhaps the, another sort of answer is. I think uh, the way that we fail to love others often comes from a self-centeredness or a, a me-first kind of mentality, which uh, is especially, I think, a challenge in the Western world where we are individuals who need to look after ourselves is the message we get. Uh, I think the way that uh, that yeah, does manifest is we, we fail to look out and see others and uh, to, to pay a cost to love others. Um, so, yeah, I think sin does t- often manifest in that inward-looking, uh, sort of reflecting in on ourself kind of way. Uh, I think the gospel breaks through that entirely because of the extraordinary way God does step in at great cost to himself. Uh, the Spirit does transform our hearts and we are able to start growing and by the power of the Spirit start looking outwards and our hearts uh, are changed fundamentally. Um, whoever's asking questions, a really good question. If you have uh, further thoughts I'd like to engage on that, I'd like to yeah, hear your thoughts as well because yeah, there's lots more to think through on that one for sure. Um, Second one is more of a comment, but it's something I'd like to respond to because I think it's a good comment. Uh, the, the comment is, from my experience uh, with people, uh, most don't seem to be asking about eternal life. Um, I can agree with this. I think I've never had someone come up to me, fall on their knees and say, Cam, what must I do to receive eternal life? Uh, it hasn't happened yet, and I'm not kind of holding my breath either. I think it's, it's true. People aren't um, asking those questions in those kind of phrases especially. However, I reckon uh, if you looked at some of the uh, popular searches, uh, especially during the pandemic, I think things like, what happens when I die, uh, are very popular questions that people might not ask uh, you in the workplace, but they're certainly asking the internet. Um, And hopefully, as they get to know you and trust you, they might ask you uh, what you think happens when you die as well. Um, That is, I don't think people are phrasing, uh, how do I get eternal life? I think there are assumptions that people made and different language issues that uh, we have as modern Australians that that's not the way I would ask that question. Uh, but keep an eye out for the way that people do ask uh, a similar kind of question or uh, approaching a similar kind of problem. Because uh, I, I was trying to say, it's the most important question we can ask. Uh, what, how do we have eternal life? Uh, I think everyone would like that. Um, some might not believe there is such thing as eternal life. Good ask them, why not? Uh, what, what confidence they have that there is no eternal life? Um, so it's a good thing to keep thinking through. How do you engage with those who are not uh, asking that question in that exact way and trying to pick ways that, uh, as, you, as you're trying to share the good news about Jesus and that the hope we have for eternal life, uh, how to help people get there and to realise this is so good uh, that they want it for themselves as well. Thank you.